Mobile Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Peloton. After the bell, miss from the Walt Disney Company. Second quarter adjusted EPS $1.50. Estimates were for $1.41. Revenue also missed estimates. Shares lower by 1.4%. We also heard from Priceline. First quarter adjusted EPS 988 Estimates there, 883. Its second quarter outlook also missing estimates. Shares of Priceline down by 3.5%. Mixed picture for U.S. equities today with the Dow and S&P both retreating. NASDAQ advanced 17 to a record 61.20, up three-tenths of 1%. The S&P down two points, down one-tenth of 1%. Dow Industrials down 36, down two-tenths of 1%. The tenure down one thirty-second with the yield of 2.39%. Gold down 450 the ounce to 12.22, down four-tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude down 45 cents a barrel to 45.98, lower by 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, broadcasting live from the Museum of Science in Boston. Yes, indeed. We are alongside the river, the Charles River to be exact. Carol Master, Corey Johnson, Bloomberg Markets, broadcasting live at the Museum of Science uh, in Boston on this chilly Tuesday. Um, our next guest actually mentioned it. <laughs> our next guest spent a decade at the Boston Globe, Wall Street Journal. Uh, today is a venture capitalist. John Auerbach is partner at CRV, based in Cambridge, with us here at the Museum of Science in Boston. Welcome to Bloomberg Radio. Thanks for having me, although uh, I wish we could host you with some better weather, but I think this weather proves the point that you don't move to Boston for the weather. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's for sure. Um, What's more fun, being a journalist or being a venture capitalist? They're both the same fun, and the reason is is the jobs are surprisingly similar. I've been doing this for uh, coming on 18 years now. Really? And both jobs allow you to interact with people who are smarter than yourself, which for me is a super low bar. It's easy to get <laughs> over. But it, it, the, the, the thrill of, of speaking to people and learning about interesting projects they're working on is exactly the same in the two professions. One pays def- better. One pays a little bit better. But one is much harder because as a journalist, you can report a story and then you publish the story or you air the story and you're done with it. When we make an investment, yeah. the 10-year birthing process begins. You're, th- you're there for the long haul. The very long haul. It's a, yeah. I, I, so I went from uh, being a journalist to being a money manager. Very different. You know, I was I was a hedge fund and uh, uh, on the principally on the short side. But my investment horizons were nowhere near as long as, as what you guys uh, deal with in venture. On the other hand, I would wake up in the morning at a press a press release. Would really could ruin my day, uh, whether it was accurate or not. Uh, it's a different kind of stress. But talk to about the kinds of ideas that that you're seeing, uh, and, you know, and what you know. Former Charles River Ventures now CRV. Uh, what what are you looking at? What's your sure? I, I think in some ways this last ten year period. It's interesting. We're in 2017 because the iPhone was launched in July of 2007, and that really heralded a ten year period of intense focus on apps. And I think we're all suffering from a little bit of app overload. If you talk to most people on the home screens of their phones, they've got, you know, 8, 10, 12 maximum apps and a couple utilities. But yet you've had global corporations spending billions and billions of dollars because even McDonald's needs an app. 
regardless of whether it's been thought through exactly what someone's going to use that for or why they'd want it. And in some ways, I think we're entering the next chapter, which is it's not about the app anymore. Wait, who do we see? Do, do, do I was just, Brian wait. Moynihan. Uh, at no, our conference no. last week, was saying that Bank of America spent over a billion dollars oh, yeah. in developing their mobile strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. A billion dollars, right? Of, it, of cost. It, but but you can look you're at right. B of A and say that makes a ton of sense. I could point out some fast food joints. I'm not trying to throw it under the bus that no one would ever use that app, right? It, it, it right. just. But you needed to focus on it, and that showed that the most important person in that period, in that 10 year period, was the designer, someone who could make something look pretty. And, and that's important, but it was getting away from hard technology, and it's so important that we're sitting here in Cambridge, which is really one of the global epicenters of hard stuff. Steve Case, founder of AOL, writes about this. He calls it the third wave, and he says right. that first wave was just kind of getting everybody on the Internet. Second wave was apps, right? right, mobility, and anybody could create one in their bedroom, the garage, whatever. Uh, third wave is where those folks are going to have who have some expertise in medicine or whatever. That's going to be valuable in kind of taking all of this to the next level. Steve is absolutely right. We're, the, the biggest returns, the biggest explosive technological innovations happen in times when things are very hard. And we're entering a hard time where things like machine learning and natural language processing, artificial intelligence are really coming to the front because now we're at a point where the mobile infrastructure's been built out. The Internet's been built out. We're all wired up. We're all unwired all the time. And now is the time when I think technology can start really knocking down much harder challenges, regulatory environments, biotech, these areas that have been some ways locked out of the technology wave. Like we just talked about with one of our earlier guests. We were talking about all this genetic material and information that's out there. Tons of data, right? You can now get a genetic mapping. It's pretty cheap. genetic material out there, too. There's, Look at all these people. All right, stop. But, you know, and then harnessing that information for treatment modalities and really making some kind of an impact in the treatment of someone who comes down with some disease or illness. I mean, that's pretty powerful, but you need people who understand the science and the medicine and so on and so forth. I, I think you make a great point because heretofore, these two areas have existed in silos. You've got healthcare on one side and you've got technology on the other. And when you bring them together, real magic can happen. I'll give you a great example. There's a researcher at Stanford University, this did get a lot of press, who comes from the artificial intelligence side and decided to conduct some experiments using um, image processing to look at skin cancers. When we go to a dermatologist, they look at your back. They try to decide what's what looks good, what looks bad. If it looks bad, you get a biopsy. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you could harness millions of images of people's backs, and suddenly with an iPhone, you can actually perform as well as a dermatologist. And that's fascinating. That's the conversion, uh, uh, the convergence of technology and healthcare. But then it changes rules, things about access and things like that, because suddenly lots more people who can't get to a doctor or don't have a doctor in their area or whatever can yeah. suddenly get that uh, that benefit. Telemedicine. I uh, think that's just powerful. Which we've been talking about forever. Um, uh, just lastly, do you think that uh, uh, that the silicon aspect, the computing aspect of technological innovation that has so dominated Silicon Valley that could have happened in Boston didn't, will that ever come back here, or do you think that Boston's really going to be advancing in, in biotech? Just got about 15 seconds. Uh, I think biotech, w- w- this is the most important city maybe in the world, and technology is, um, I could give you a story of hope. It would take more than five seconds. <laughs> come back then, please. Great stuff. Uh, so glad to have John Auerbeck, our partner at CRV. 
formerly Charles River Ventures. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Corey Johnson and Carol Masseri. We are here live outside of the Boston Museum, Boston Museum of Science. Yes, we are indeed. Thank you, John.